Hello, and welcome back to the Arc of E podcast. This is your captain, Noah Blanchard speaking, and I'm back with you once again to take a little trip down memory lane. Uh, apologies for all the retro episodes as of late. Uh, this particular weekend, I spent in Chicago visiting my good friend Tim Niles and his wife and new baby, and also seeing the incomparable Fever Ray in concert, which was an amazing experience. But uh, running a little behind on the podcast front, so... Uh, until we can record some fresh material for you, you're getting another retro review. Uh, such is the life of an independent podcaster. Uh, you know, sometimes we got to go back to the well. So this one's about five years old, and uh, we're going to go back to an old feed, uh, the movie arc, and a special limited series called Rodriguez Revisited that some of you might remember and some of you might not even know exists, but it was the uh, second time that my brother Gavin and I covered a director, uh, somebody we bonded over initially that kind of formed our taste. Uh, The first one, of course, was Mr. John Carpenter. All of those episodes have retired to our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash the arc of E. You can find all of those there. Rodriguez Revisited is still available on the Movie Arc feed, which is still lingering around on most of your podcast services, so you can go check out uh, pretty much all of these episodes. But I decided to go with Desperado, uh, which was a very formative movie for Gavin and I. But why? Why Desperado? Why Rodriguez? Well, you may not be aware of this, but there's a little movie called Hypnotic opening on Friday, uh, the 12th. Starring Mr. Ben Affleck, uh, Alice Braga, and uh, William Fickner, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, why are you? Why have you possibly not heard of a an Affleck vehicle directed by a pretty prominent director, one of the more named directors of the last three decades, uh, arguably? Uh, I don't quite know. I don't know what's going on with the marketing of this one. It uh, it seems like they were actively hiding it from me. I did watch the trailer earlier today for the first time. Uh, it looks like, I don't know, a mix of uh, a bit of, you know, a dash of Spielberg, like Minority Report era Spielberg. Uh, definitely some Nolan influence in there. I, I don't know quite what to make of it, but I will be seeing it this weekend. Uh, as I also catch up on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and few other things that I need to catch up on. Uh, but yeah, so I thought it'd be a fun time. Check back in with one of our favorite directors, Mr. Robert Rodriguez, and one of his uh, undisputed classics, Desperado, the second in the Mariachi Trilogy, uh, starring, of course, Mr. Antonio Banderas and the incomparable Salma Hayek. Uh, yes, uh, hope you enjoy it. And again, if you're in a Rodriguez mood after this or after this weekend, uh, you can check out those old episodes on the Movie Arc feed. We covered everything up through... Machete Kills, and, uh, Sin City 2, excuse me. Uh, we never quite made it to some of the Netflix outings, uh, which was kind of the offshoot of Sharkboy, or excuse me, of Spy Kids slash Sharkboy and Lava Girl. There's actually a new Spy Kids movie coming soon, uh, I know, and we never properly covered, uh, Battle Angel Alita or, uh, Red Eleven. Which was, uh, which is now available on Amazon Prime. So, uh, this is kind of also testing the waters. If this does well, or people go back to the old feed, and you guys want us to finally round out and catch back up with what Rodriguez has been doing, maybe we can even do the episodes of The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett that he's been part of. Uh, I would totally be open to that. And I'm sure Gavin would too. So, if you'd like to hear that, uh, let us know. Theargavia@gmail.com. Uh, also, if you're a Spotify listener, you can let us know in our little feedback uh, section at the bottom of this episode. Check that out. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, we will be back next week with a fresh app, probably featuring Gavin. And of course, uh, stick around for the end of the month as we continue the road to reckoning. Uh, and it'll be Mission Impossible uh, Rogue Nation number five. Hopefully, finally getting a guest on for that one, a new IMF team member. But more on that later uh, in the weeks to come. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. And again, sorry for the old episode, but hopefully it's a new one for some of you. This is Desperado, episode three of Rodriguez Revisited.
Hola, and welcome to episode three of Rodriguez Revisited on the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, and this week we're here to finally discuss Desperado. 1995's Desperado. Gavin, he came. He came back to settle the score with someone. Anyone? Everyone. Perfect tagline. I think that's what you, we should just do. The this explosive new film from Robert Rodriguez, Desperado. Perfect. Desperado. <laughs> Why as don't it, you, as uh, it shall be known, come to your senses? You've been out. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, this is. Can you imagine how many angry Eagles fans uh, yes. rented this movie over the years, and were hopefully actually not let down, but. We're just like, oh, I was hoping for really like a real contemplative Western about a man like looking back over his life. And that's not what I got. I got Antonio Badass. <laughs> Ban Badass. Banderass. Yeah. Um, Ban Bearass as well. We get a little. Do we get a. Actually. Yeah, no, that's. We get a, a little bit of butt. Yeah. We get a little bit of. We get a lot of. A lot of Selma Hayek. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. we'll we get to all of that. that. We'll, yeah. we'll get to all of it. Um, we're but yeah. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast thus far, and this is kind of part two to episode one, El Mariachi, where we spent most of the time going, oh yeah, but we'll get to that in Desperado. But but we'll get to that in Desperado. So now, let's get to all of that shit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk. And about why it. don't you go ahead and lay it on us? Plot time. Plot time. So basically, he came back to settle the score with with everyone, man. Um, <laughs> so if you listen to El Mariachi, you know the story of the Mariachi, how he became who he is. Um, and essentially, here, we're, like we talked about, we're kind of retelling it in the sense of like it's a sequel, but we do have a lovely shot at the very beginning. Well, not the very beginning, but um, early on in like a dream type sequence where we have the very exact same shot from the end of. El Mariachi, but uh, Antonio Banderas has replaced Carlos Gallardo's Mariachi character. So basically, in the intervening four years, three years, yeah, in the intervening three years, the Mariachi got a lot sexier. Oh yeah, no, no disrespect to Mister Carlos Gallardo, but this is An- Antonio Banderas in at his peak, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, of just like sexiest. Yeah, sexiest man alive, mm-hmm. probably at this point. I mean, he is the sexiest Nasenex B in history, faux show. Yeah, um, and I'm also gonna go ahead and say it up front. I feel like still one of the most underrated actors we've ever had. Oh yeah, dude. Um, I feel like people just do not appreciate how awesome he is, and this movie is a textbook example of why he is such a great actor. And we'll get to all of that. Are you done with plot time? Uh, essentially, plot time. Uh, this movie, if you saw the first one, yeah, you, you got you, it. You know, you got it. But essentially, what this one does is says that like the guy that he killed that murdered his um beloved, he wasn't the main dude. There's one more guy he has yes. to get. So that even he's though tracking down, even though Moko was directly responsible, yeah. we find out uh in the opening scene. Let's go ahead and transition. Yeah, from uh Mr. Busemi. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but the Steve Buscemi we all know from, from Reservoir Dogs, he actually died in Mexico in 1995. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an imposter that's been handling most of his roles since, but hmm. he is in fact, you know, that's him. He, he played himself and Danny Trejo, in fact, you know, killed him. Yeah. A lot of knives to the back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So we open with Steve Buscemi as Buscemi. Uh, yeah, just, so he's, yeah, that's, that's character name. That's how he's credited. I love it. Uh, strolling in to a an incredibly well-lit bar. Like, immediately off the bat, you're like, the mariachi is atmospheric in its naturalisticness, yeah. if you will, of the you-are-there quality. Desperado is like, okay. I got some time now, a little bit more time, a little bit more, a little bit more money, money um, and I'm going to go moody 
here and there. Yeah. And he, yeah, strolls into this bar like he owns the joint, slash is disgusted with it, and strolls up to Mr. Cheech Marin, uh, a Rodriguez regular. We got to talk about our Rodriguez regulars. Oh, dude, That's, that's gonna definitely going to be a segment. Uh, yeah. Or no, we can make it a segment. That actually works better. Yeah. Rodriguez regulars. Now it's time man. for Rodriguez regulars. But this is the They've been here before. Like they'll be here again. These Rodriguez are Robert Rodriguez regulars. Yeah, we'll come up with a jingle. Anyway, um, yeah, because this is the first for him. If you want right? to write us a, a jingle, yeah. uh, please do. Yes, this would, unless he pops up in Road Racers, which I, I again have not chronologically seen yes. uh, as of this recording. Uh, yeah, this would be their first collaboration, mm-hmm. uh, the first of many. Cheech is kind of his uh, one of his good luck charms, as well as Danny Trejo. First time. Uh, It'll be Selma's second time, because she's in Road Racers. True. And it'll be Antonio's first time. That is correct, but not his last either. Oh, not at all. Um, Um, Yeah, yeah, so he strolls in, and he starts talking to these guys, and, you know. Cheech and, uh, is it Tava? Tava, yeah. I believe, uh, played by one Mr. Tito Raviva? I think it's Raviva. Variva, I forget, um, of Tito and Tarantula, who provides most of the the dope tunes you're gonna hear through the rest of this movie. Oh, you yeah. got a little little Santana. We'll get to the Santana. Oh yes, and uh, you, you got a little Lolo's Lobos, which we'll get to very shortly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a nice little smattering, but a lot of this, the bulk of it, Tito and Tarantula, and this is a soundtrack we had as kids that yes. got so much play. Oh, yeah. So many mixed CDs. Yeah. So, Usemi starts spinning a yarn, and we go inside the story. And I I love this. It's echoed, of course, in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I love that this is like something kind of introduced into the franchise, the myth-making of the mariachi. Yeah. Okay. I love it because he's like, and in walks the biggest, biggest Mexican, Mexican I've ever seen. And the way it's framed, I mean, Antonio Banderas looks like a giant. He looks like, yeah, he's got a little bit of a, we always go back to this, a little bit of Tyler Maine in, uh, yeah. in Halloween. Just the, the low angle and the way he's framed. And the whole bit about like, you know, and just it's as, as if the lights dim, dim just, for, just him. for him. Like You didn't oh see his face? God. No. I did. It's like every time this guy took a step, they just dim just for him. Yeah. So but it wasn't so much what he was wearing, but what he had with him. Yeah. Walks up next to the bar, puts a guitar case up on the up on the bar, starts talking to the bartender, starts demanding questions, and they're all kind of like Cheech Marin and them are kind of like they're kind of listening, and then next thing he says, I think he said something like "bitch, brother, bucho." Yeah. Bucho, that's right. That's what he was talking about. (laughs) And I love the runner of like, yeah, real low lives in this place. Not, not like, not like the guys you got around here. He just keeps going back to well, like constantly walking the line of like, I'm totally shit talking these guys, but if I do it in the right way, I can still get out of here and like, you know, do my job. Which we shortly thereafter find out is to to spread the the legend. Yeah. Um, He's basically going into these towns and like talking about the mariachi and based off of the response fishing should, fishing around yeah, to see go where mr uh bucho yeah. might be so we're we're into his story he's oh god so the rest of these this, guys the, we're low, pulling guns and knives you know starting yeah. some shit and they say he bolts out of his, <laughs> he bolts out of his seat and he's down on the floor i don't know what he does but he's up at two shits and he's got the biggest hand kill i've ever fucking seen and you just yeah. get this massive shootout in the dreams, in the like mythos, and it's sequence. totally and it's all just, quick cutting. It's amazing yeah. because it's just like boom, crazy shot. Somebody getting like flown across yeah. the room. We get the double barrel introduced. Oh yeah, uh, probably the the most remembered weapon. Of course, it's on the poster, uh, and Selma gets her hands on it for a little while. But in the case, this uh, this case that I want to kind of track a little bit throughout the movie that seems to spawn. Uh, different weapons at random yeah. that are in there at any given time. In this shot, if I'm not mistaken, we get a very quick glimpse of the uh, the Snake Pussykin gun. Yeah, the Mac-10. Yeah. We didn't talk no, about no, no, it. No, 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 not the Mac-10. The, uh, I'm talking the, the, pistols with the, the pistol yeah. with the sight on it. It we didn't even talk t- about that in Mariachi, that like the Mac-10 with the giant silencer is totally a Snake Pliskin. Thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we yes. forgot about that. Um. Yeah, Might as we were charting our, our carpenter parallels and everything. But you definitely have that in here. 
Yeah. Uh, early on, it looks almost exactly like Snake's Gun from Escape. Maybe a little closer to Escape from L.A., but this would have predated L.A., right? Yeah. It looks a little bit bigger than the the original, but yeah. So you're immediately thinking of that, and we also, a little bit later, get the, the, the crotch gun, oh, which yeah. we'll get more of, we'll get actually put to practical use, use and from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... So Busimi starts talking about him going, killing all these people and whatnot. And he goes, he grabs this guy, the one guy that's like still breathing. And he starts spilling his guts, man, telling the world everything. everything. And he's like, <laughs> you sit, you were just sitting there huh, the whole time you were there. You didn't like join in. I was like, I was frozen stiff. Couldn't move. Yeah. And he was like, you know, this, he goes, what does he say? He says, you know, he left nobody. Nobody was alive in that place, but this, and he's like, oh, what about the bartender? It's like, uh, he goes, oh yeah, the bartender. She's just like the bartender. The bartender never gets killed, and he's yeah. like, as a stranger, met, you know, headed to the door, and it you know shows like the bartender coming up from behind the bar with a shotgun, and Mariachi just turns back and blows him away in the face. He's like, nah, man, bartender got it worse than anyone, yeah. and it's like, well, gotta go, boys. And he's just like, adios. And he just gets up and leaves, yeah. and then you get cut to like the. The one part of the movie that I never, ever, ever, I never saw that or this intro on TV until I sat down and watched it, which is Antonio, OG Mariachi, Carlos Scarlato, and the other gentleman who's with his band are all playing in essentially what is the bar from the first movie, what is what looks like. And they're playing and you know they're, they're singing the song that everybody knows from this movie. Yes. Which I don't. Did Antonio actually sing that? Or yes, it, yeah, it yeah. He's, it's Los Lobos actually playing, and yeah, it's Antonio singing. And like halfway through it, there's like a bar fight that breaks out, and he decides he's gonna get up on the on the bar and walk down and just yeah, hit this guy in the face with the end of his guitar, and like blood spews out. Very violent mm-hmm. already. And um, they that finish is, the song. Finish the song, and then next thing you know, one guy's clapping. Yeah, and it's Moco in his white suit. Yep. Looking better than ever. Stri- strikes a match on somebody's face. As in usual. typical Moco fashion. Yeah. yeah. And then we flash back to the, the ending, ending of yeah. Mariachi, where we sub in Antonio to cement in your brain. It's like, this is the same character, even though we switched actors. Yeah. Here you go. And even though you just saw the actual Mariachi in the opening sequence, the opening musical sequence next to him, if you're watching closely enough. Um, you got Carlos Gallardo, who is Campa, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. And then Kino, uh, I'm not sure the actor's name, yeah. but we'll we'll get to that in a bit. So, yeah, he wakes up out of a dream sequence, of course, kind of mirroring the dream sequence that wakes him up uh, in Mariachi with the severed head and all yeah. that, and alerts him to the guys coming. But it's not him about to be attacked. It's Busimi returning, and, you know, he talks about... Bucho is definitely there, like based on their reaction. This is the bar you need to go to. Don't turn it into a bloodbath this time. Yeah. Like, try and keep it together. And this scene from the get go is where I'm like, Antonio Banderas is just killing this movie. Okay. He's amazing. Yes. Because we open with the myth making of him. He doesn't say a word in the opening, of course. We just see him like blowing dudes away and looking cool and badass and everything. But he is not playing your typical 80s, 90s action movie hero in terms of, like, swagger or any of that. He has all of that, like, confidence in physical performance and everything. But, the like, the dialogue scenes with him and Buscemi, him and Selma Hayek, like, he's, he's jokey, he's playful, he's, like, self-deprecating, yeah. he's really dark and funny all at the same time. And, like, he's also animated. Like, I love when he gets worked up in this movie or, like, when he's in pain, like, with Selma later and everything. But I just, I think he's phenomenal and totally playing against, like, what you expect. And it's perfectly set up of, like, you're expecting this giant, you know, myth, legend and everything. But it's showing you the actual, like, human being underneath. And it has the Indiana Jones thing of, like, he actually gets hurt. Yeah. He's constantly getting wounded and needing to be patched up and stuff. Like, he is human. They set that up for you. But he is this mythical figure at the exact same time. But, um, they, okay, so they start to talk, tells him he's there, wants him to chill out when he rolls into town. Do we now cut over, we cut over to Pucho for a little bit, yeah. right? And we, again, as I mentioned in Mariachi, Rodriguez likes to, like, 
let us know what's going on with the villains instead of just like they drop in, they drop out. And we get a lot of of interplay and like banter and somewhat like the stuff you expect from the genre of like you've got to establish like how ruthless he is. Yeah. So uh, I think early in this opening sequence, we've got the new guy who uh, wants a spot, wants to show off his fighting skills. Yeah. And he makes him fight uh, Christos, who apparently that's just that guy. Yeah. His name is Christos. He's a black belt. Like, I think he was a fighter, maybe MMA at some point, boxer, whatever. But he's in the movie. And, of course, dude's getting the shit beaten out of him, gets his leg broken, and yeah. then basically breaks the face of Christos with his broken broken yeah. leg. And uh, never earn, dance again. Earn, earns a spot. <laughs> yeah. But you get that. Um, like, but as yeah, that, Bu- Bucho from the get-go, how do you feel about him as compared to Moko? Um... So like with Bucho, not because did it confuse you? Did it confuse you as a kid where you were like, wait, is he supposed to be like, is it the same guy? Like he survived too because they have him in white as well. But it's like, but why did they show him to you as the other actor? Because when I was little, like, I, I don't know that I fully connected well, that it wasn't see, a continuation of the villain from the first one. When I, when I, the one thing that does it for me, which we glossed over was he was like, you know, you're going to be satisfied? And he says, Mbucho's dead. He's the last one. Like, that's it. Right. So you get that, like, he's been methodically going through and, like, taking out everybody he can get his hands on Yeah. to get to this guy who was, like, like the dude. Again, the first, I guess we could say, of the Phantom movies in this franchise. Like, you could do a whole movie on what was the mariachi doing between... You know, all the shit that went down with Moko and like him truly becoming the badass that you see him as. Yeah. Because we know a good bit of time has passed and he's been tracking down and he's obviously been town to town and like Bushimis his connect and like they're fishing out information. But yeah, you could do a whole and maybe that's part of where this the series dips into. Maybe. I don't know. Um, is him like working his way up the food chain, which would be a logical, you know thing to do for like seasons of television yeah and it works because in the we didn't really talk about this mariachi but in this world there is no there's no interweb there's no database it's literally just you go town to town you find out what the deal is with drugs who runs this town who works here and should i go should i go pay to visit if not i'll keep moving on right and so when you show me him he actually is getting a phone call about the bloodbath that we saw in the beginning you know, being like, okay, they're all dead. This beef up security. You know, we've got other people that may be trying to move in on us or whatever. Right. And um, what is it? So they cut to that, and we've got the. Then we get after you know the guy gets done fighting, whatever. We get the scene of Antonio coming to town. He's looking around. He's trying to thumb a ride. He finally gets to town. Meets, meets a little boy. Kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he uh, teaches him to play a, or gives him a, a practice lesson. For becoming a better guitarist. Exactly. And um, I should also point out, like, okay, so he can never play again. He doesn't have the dexterity in the left hand, which he's been shot through, okay? But he can still dual-wield guns, no problem. (laughs) I, I guess. I'll go with it. But, you know, maybe his dreams aren't as shattered as he thinks they are. Maybe he just needs... Uh, a second set of hands anyways uh so yeah he strolls into the bar and again he's trying to trying to play cool but they're all on edge because they've heard about you know the guy with like a dark case full of guns so they're flipping out they open it at they have him at gunpoint and what do they see in the top gavin what do they see well you're getting ahead of yourself that happens, but there is a brief introduction where Tarantino comes in. I just want to talk about it because I love the scene. He comes into the bar. He gives him right after his sister is pissed because, like, it's like your beer tastes like piss. Yeah, and we know we because we're in, in it. Yeah, and so Tarantino and his buddy walk in, and they're they give the cards to boot to uh, Cheech Marin, and you know Tarantino has this whole like he drinks he's drinking beer and he starts doing the whole the joke about like. The dick glass, dick glass, dick glass, all that. And Cheech is like, yeah, funny. And he's like, hey, guess what? And whips out a gun and shoots his buddy in the face. Yeah. He's like, he, he didn't, didn't check, check out, out, but you do. Yeah. And he's like, 
I just met this guy today. <laughs> it's nice to see you dot the I's and cross the T's around here. Yeah. So, um, and they take him to the back. I'm, so, like, I'm going to go ahead and this may be like a backhanded compliment. Is this the best Tarantino's ever looked on screen? Oh, yeah. I think so. Even though, I mean, he's still like playing kind of a grimy individual, very much like a, uh, maybe a Scoot McNary or a Ben Mendelsohn from Killing Them Softly. Yeah. Like, that's the vibe I get from this guy. Yeah. But, I think, like, I don't know if he wrote this for himself. I don't know if he doctored up the scene. I don't know if there's any no stories idea. about that or if it's just it's straight up what Rodriguez wrote for him and he knew he'd be perfect for it. But he he comes in and he totally kills it. Like, it's a fun scene. I think, arguably, his best on-screen performance because some of the Pulp Fiction stuff's a little problematic. He's not great as Mr. Brown, like, but... What about Jackie Brown? Is he in Jackie Brown? He's just on the voicemail in okay. Jackie Brown. That's it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Kill Bill, he's like in the midst of the crazy 88s, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Planet Terror, he's super over the top yeah. and weird and gross and everything. But uh, I think this is the standout, maybe. Yeah. And he's in the four room segment, right? Is he acting in that or no? Isn't he one of the guys that gets him to come upstairs? With to- Bruce. Yeah, it's Bruce Willis. Him. him is Sam Jackson in that as well? I can't. I have to we, watch four rooms again. Yeah, yeah. bonus episode uh, on the on the Patreon. Uh, it'll be up at some point. Anyways, uh, so yeah, so that happens. They take him in the back past that terrible toilet, and they're back in the drug. Where yes, the drugs are. Uh, this this toilet might outdo the the train spotting toilet. I'm not sure, yeah. and I don't know which one predates the other. But yeah, perfect cover for a back room. Like nobody's nobody's gonna investigate that no. stall any further. Yeah. So the mariachi uh, comes in and he's got the guitar case and they're all kind of like anxious and whatnot. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, okay, okay. And um, so they, they put they put him at gunpoint and they put the case down and the guy checks it. And he's like, Cheech is like, hey, man, you know, we're sorry. You know, we all heard stories and guitar case for the guns. And he's like, oh, yeah, you got to be sure. This and like, as they're talking, his hands are still in the air. Like the case of the guitar, the guitar Dude. part opens. Oh, you have one of my favorite Banderas moments right before this. Sorry. He's got a gun directly at his face. He's just like, hi, how are you doing? How are you doing? You <laughs> yes. Doing? Just, and he he's goes, so, oh God. My favorite is like, there's a guy that's, that has basically turned around from him and walking back when they're all supposed to have guns on him. And the guy says, it's him. And he looks just, yes, yes. Well, it's me. But I just, <laughs> I just looking for, just yeah. look, you know, all this. And then like, out of nowhere, he, it's you like know, he, flinches and these two pistols come up from his like coat and he just starts blowing away this dude that was like turning to gun him down and people this, are flying through the air glasses shattering like just i mean there's there's what they do with this space is so this limited space crazy. is nuts man it's so yeah. crazy people are coming out of the woodwork this bar that seems like it's usually pretty empty all of a sudden there's like 30 dudes yep. piling out from the back yep he's john woo sliding all over the bar tops um He's just uh, one of my favorite things about L in this incarnation and going forward. He will just stand like near gunfire, like shots will be popping off all around him. And like he has the moment where the guy shoots into the bar, like he reloads and he like kicks up a little bit of like splinters from the bar. And he's like, you missed me. Like shit like that yeah. again is not your typical no. action movie bravado bullshit. Yeah. And, like, it is like a fucking ballet to watch him work. Like, he's literally, he has the moment where he's coming around the bar on the top and he's whipping the bullets, yeah. like, around the corner and stuff. And then my favorite is when he um, he, he pushes out and slides back, but there's this, he slides back and shoots one and he's reloading and a guy, like, basically kind of jumps on top of him and he puts his knee, his feet and his Kicks his him chest. back through the air and, and blows and he's coming away up. in the chest. And oh, if you're God, watching dude. as a film guy, you can see the actual hood frame of the camera falls off because, you know, it was so, so much motion and, like, the squibs hit yeah. it and it, like, it comes through the frame in a split second. You, but you also have the... He takes the guy out with the fan, mm-hmm. and then you get the great comedic cut to the fan blade still like pat, kicking pat, around pat. the dude's yeah. head, and he shoots the fan to stop it. Yeah. Um, and then of course, Cheech Marin is still alive, and like we said, Tarantino's in the back, but like they instantly think it's a setup, so they blow him away. Yeah. And there's two in the back: Tava and the other like slender, slender, dark-skinned Mexican gentleman. And he's talk. He he comes to Cheech. He's like, "I'm looking for a man who calls himself Bucho." 
but you had to do it the hard way. <laughs> and this guy comes to ambush him, and like he moves, and Marin gets shot in the face, and he's dead. Yeah. Allegedly. And then there's this whole back and forth between them. He's like, you're trying to shoot me in the back, okay? Huh? They're going at it, and they basically, they're both out, and they reach for every gun, and every Dude. other gun is out. There's yeah. no Such ammo. a great comedic beat. And again, topping off a scene that has been a straight-up bloodbath. Yes. Again, watching this for the first time in a while, off television, in its entirety, like... I was losing it. Yeah. I was like, I forgot how fucking violent this movie is. There are squibs and just just mountains of blood everywhere. People getting shot, not once, not twice, but like five, six times a piece. Yeah. Like it is, it's John Woo levels of like body Crazy. trauma from bullets. It's nuts. Yeah. And like the thing is, we can we can get into it later, but like the thing that you note from the commentary is that with the first scene, and with the this one, it's usually about maybe two or three guys just dressed up in different outfits doing all the crazy stuff yeah. as a way to keep the budget down. But um, yeah, so and the the to end on the comedic note, they're fighting over stuff, and he finally just grabs the guy and just snaps his neck. But he goes "fuck you" yeah. <laughs> as he yeah. snaps his neck. Like, what the fuck is this? So, like, we entered we're we're introduced to Selma outside of. This she's walking out like, across from the bar like people are there's a car crash because of how beautiful she is. Of course, th- this is just what I assume happens wherever Selma Hayek goes. Like in real life, it's yeah. just constant like people running into each other because they're like rubbernecking. Yeah, but yeah, I w- yeah I would assume great character introduction yeah. though. So um, he stumbles he's out stumbling of the bar. down the street the first time we've seen him like super injured, not yeah. the last for sure. And he's Tava, not totally, he's not totally fucked up because he didn't get shot anywhere, but he's like basically just kind of stumbling, yeah. walking, falling behind her. And here, of course, Tava or Tito, I'll just call him Tito. Yeah. He starts like, he chases him down. And again, you have Strange Face of Love is the yeah. backing track here. So anytime this happens in a movie, I have to point it out. Anytime you have an actor in a scene and his own music being played yeah. behind him, like, yeah, I just love that. Yeah, it only happens every once in a while, but you've got like we get one I, of those. The, to me, this is I don't know if there's been any other shots in the movie, but this is one of my favorites because you get the the one shot fade, 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 slow mo move out because they wrestle each other to the ground and basically Antonio gets on top of him and shoots him and yeah. the blood flies all up all over him. But you have this whole like he gets up and moves, but Selma takes him in. Mm-hmm. He does Honestly, get shot. That's right, because he's got a bullet in his. She's got to take a bullet. He out takes one in the arm when yeah. he goes to spin around mm-hmm. um, and make her duck and everything. Yeah, he gets clipped, winged, if you will. So we uh, we get into him uh, and their first kind of interaction. It's similar to the the domino interaction, yeah. but again, as I mentioned in episode one. Antonio Banderas and Selma Hayek just have like this effortless chemistry, yeah. regardless. So it's like. Okay, yes, he's avenging the woman he loved, but it's like you just introduced some Hayek. Like they're they're gonna, they're get, gonna together. get together. Like it's it's going to happen. So much so to the point that like the sex scene, I don't I feel like I remember him talking about this on the commentary track, but I don't think it's something that he had in there initially, but it was like something that maybe the studio wanted. Yeah. But even with that, like I remember him saying it was a closed set and like they were basically joking around with each other yeah. and shit and like having a good time. Yeah. We'll was, get we'll yeah, get we'll to get the there. sex scene in so, a minute. Yeah, but so she's like she, she's yes. she's like the dynamic of them though, when she's taking this out like amateur surgery essentially, because she's like, You do not want to go to a hospital down here. Yeah. And the back and forth of like kind of getting to know you, but like she's kind of taking a little bit of glee and hurting him and like doesn't quite know how he plays into all of this. But does she, she doesn't discover the guns until a little bit later after he yeah, has. So, no. So, what happens is, out. yeah. So, he fixes her up. She fixes him up and we see that Yabucho goes next door to the, to the bar and sees what happened. He comes over and she and realizes that he's coming in. So, she throws him off of the, the table throws her cash machine down and Bucho comes in and is like, Oh, Hey, what's going on here? You know? And 
they're talking, and of course he's you just you're just a little bit early. No, 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 because that happens, and then no, he goes you to just, church to confess his sins. No, he goes to church and then has all the interaction with Trejo, etc., and then comes back wounded once again, and that's when he comes in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So he basically she patches him up, and he says, "I got to go to church and confess my sins." So the whole movie takes place in like a couple different days. sets, and essentially like one block and a compound. Yeah. So yeah. So For, he, forgive us. Yeah. Forgive us. So he goes and uh, he goes to church, and he talks to Simeon. He was like, you know. I know it. He's here. This. He's like, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm out of this, man. Like, I'm fucking done. I'm not doing this shit for you no more, man. Like, we're done here. So he's chasing him down, like trying to talk to him and everything. And we get introduced to Danny Trejo, who like legitimately who has is been, the biggest Mexican. They've been threading the needle with him like since the beginning of the movie, though. Like he, he comes into up. the bar and they're just kind of like, "Hey, get out of here!" And he pieces out, so looks around, but you're just going. like, "What's what's the deal with this dude?" And I gotta say. Probably just like through osmosis, I I had seen Trejo in something prior to this, just because he's so ubiquitous in movies. Yeah. Period. But this is the first time I ever remember being like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Because he's really intense looking. Like he just has a face that sticks Tattoo with you. Tattoo a woman on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, he he shows up. All of this collides. Bushimi gets a knife to the back. Again, the real Steve Bushimi died in 95, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, you know, this imposter's doing a pretty good job. He's yeah, been doing pretty course. good sense. I um, mean, you got Jose Feliciano, you got no complaints. <laughs> you got no complaints. Uh, the mariachi, he takes like two or three to the arms and back yeah. in the course of this. Uh, and stupidly pulls them out. Like, just leave them in and keep going. Yeah. But yeah, that's the instinct, just to pull Stumbling them out. through, eventually, uh, who, who pulls up? Bucho's sweet ass limousine with Which the new they've introduced is like, hey, you know, look at this. We got you a new, new yeah. limousine to fire. And you're like, oh, okay. This, like, how the hell would you deal with this? Well, you know, I love Nava- the gag. Is it Navajas? What is, I can't uh, remember his I name. I think that's, uh, I just love the it's gag. It's Danny Trejo. They... It's Machete, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I love the gag because earlier they do show you, hey, boss, I got your car. And so look at this. It acts from it acts as a shield from a shooting from the top, and he just pulls out a gun and shoots at the like the visor. It's like, yeah, good to know it works. Okay. And so yeah. they send him out to go like go look for this dude. Like go yeah. find him or whatever. And I think it's the guys that he works with. Is it the Colombians or like Yes. The Colombians, they and have we... sent Trejo down to help find this guy that's been yeah. causing and all the And they've briefly set up he was like you need to tell me who this guy is so the wrong people don't get killed, blah, blah, blah. But the Colombians on the other end get mad, hang up the phone, okay? So he just gets back to them after all of this shit goes down. What goes down is Trejo takes out most of this car by just jumping on the roof. They pop the sunroof and just throwing knives into the pit of this, okay? Um, He gets like two in each arm but is still going. And I believe it's finally the new guy with the bad who, leg yeah, who takes him down. Yeah. And so they drag him in. They take him back, thinking like we got the guy that's been doing yeah, all this. Yeah, the man in black, right? And the Colombians are and on the phone. We I don't know how I didn't mention this earlier because we've gotten a couple good glimpses at it at this point. But shout out to Rodriguez and to Antonio Banderas because the mariachi was rocking the scorpion jacket. Before it was cool. Yeah. Before Gosling came around. Oh, yeah. With his little silver and yellow, which I love that fucking jacket. I fucking, jacket. Yeah, I fucking I love, love drive. Man. But anyways, I just, I noticed that this time I was like, dude, the first like dope scorpion jacket, it's mariachi. And you don't get it in the first movie. No. But desperate, like, you know, you got to give him, he's a superhero. You got to give him a new suit. Yeah. You got to dress well, it up a little you, bit. But a, that's a badass jacket. Yeah. Well, one thing also I think with this, with the whole Trejo thing is like, if you... If you think about it, and maybe it's not, maybe it's meant to be like a weird homage and play on it, but like essentially Danny Trejo is uh, Azul to me because he's yeah. dressed just like him. He's in all black. They mistake him for the mariachi. Yeah. As, again, instead of the mariachi being Rodriguez mix up. Well, no, instead <laughs> of the mariachi being mistaken for Azul, in this case, the Azul stand in gets mistaken for the mariachi and he, he gets killed. Yeah. And that's that whole mistaken identity who's who that was in the first one that like kind of comes back to play here in a comedic sense. Because as they're bringing this body back, the Colombians are like, yeah, okay, well, what should I look for? Uh, you know, got a lot of knives on his person, okay? A tattoo of a woman on his chest. So they pull open his vest and he's got like 
tattoo a woman like and uh quarters for payphone to go home <laughs> yeah and they like they show the quarters like okay i'll tell my people to look out for it it's like <laughs> fuck yeah so we're totally screwed yeah um so he's still bleeding out quite a bit wandering the streets comes across the guitar kid again and he's like i can't play this guitar i gotta go get my guitar and we shortly thereafter realize this little boy is a a, a drug mule basically for his dad and mariachi's not happy about this. I do. I love like the guys roll through, and they're like, "Well, clearly, like this, we don't recognize this guy." Go to pull guns on him, and he's like quick on the draw, and he's just like, "Don't even think about it." Like yeah. seriously. And give then me, he's like, the "Give me the guitar." Takes the guitar, lets them peace out, um, breaks it against the wall, and we find what I'm assuming is cocaine or heroin, but yeah, I'm gonna go with cocaine since it's the Colombians. Yeah, and uh. Yeah, so obviously, you know, the Marriott's not cool with this, but what he finds out is Bucho runs this entire town, basically. Like, yeah. there's nobody who's not connected to him. Yeah. So then he goes back to the bookstore and confronts Carolina about her involvement with Bucho. Yeah. All right? Then we get to Bucho showing up to investigate. there's a parade that's going on outside. Yes. And he's there ready to go, and... She, like, you know, basically stops him. Like, you're not going to go out there. Not like that. Not right now. You're not. Like, you're not going to go out there in the broad yeah. daylight. And, and she basically, for the time being, as far as we know, she appeases Bucho. Like, she sells the story of, like, yeah, I haven't seen this guy, but if he comes in, like, I'll definitely let you know. And he's like, yeah. you got to call me, blah, blah, blah. We see him go outside. Very uh, Godfather-esque moment of, like, he there's a wedding reception going on in the midst of this parade yeah. and like he goes up and gives the bride money and stuff and so we see that like he's connected into the town and she even makes mention shortly thereafter of like he does have a good side yeah and, this town never had a bookstore and so yeah had a bookstore and you you know you see that she's kind of made her peace with it even though she's maybe a little like grossed out by him we don't know what the exact nature of their prior relationship was but yeah, they i don't get the sense it that it's enough. the same with like the moco domino thing where like they were involved i think it's like she took money from him let him use the store for drugs and like took his advances but always was able to be like no thanks right and still kind of keep herself about her exactly. doing that so she holds him off from going out there and essentially getting killed because she's like i don't want to get killed over this like yeah. you can't just come running out of there so um, they kind of get into it, but she pleads her case, essentially. They they make peace. They pull out a guitar that she got for him, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing a little improvisation, which... Uh, make a little peace. The whole whole time in the back... A little yeah. Little. The whole time in the background, you've got Bella uh, by up. Santana, like, just running through the background before the sex scene starts proper, and then we just get... A lot, a lot of candles and a lot of naked, smooth, smooth 90s, naked bodies. Yeah, jazz. it's crazy. Well, I was gonna say smooth bodies. I thought oh, that's God, where yeah, you were going. Yeah, smooth, not a not an inch of hair on anybody except for Antonio Banderas's legs, which yes. are hairy as hell. Yeah. But every other inch of him, which we pretty much see through the course of this montage, I'm watching this with my girlfriend. At one point, she's like. What? Which part is she licking? Like we couldn't understand <laughs> from the geography of the like camera. It's like, is that his abs or his chest? Like I'm not sure. My favorite is the spur from the boot rolling down her butt. Like yeah. it's soft, dude. Like this. If listen, if you were any type of kid in the '90s and you saw this, this is where it started for you with Selma Hayek. Definitely. And it is there to this day. She is the most gorgeous woman I can think of. When someone says who's like beautiful, just as a oh, Selma Hayek. Like, she had a thing Definitely. in the 90s. Fool's Rush In is one of my favorite movies. Like, a little bit of crossover. The right hand man from Desperado is Chewy in Fool's Rush That's in. right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I just, like, I mean, Halloween with. And it's, it's, it's fitting. Okay? This is his third film, essentially. Yeah. Okay? So Halloween was Carpenter's third film, essentially. Yeah. It, it was okay. So I got. But they Jay- worked together on Road Racers. Yeah, so you know, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. This. But I got Jamie Lee from Carpenter's third movie. I got Selma from Rodriguez's third movie. Okay. That's it. Those are my two. The threes. Those, those are my end all be alls, dude. Okay. In a heartbeat. I know right. they're both happily married, and it's amazing, great for them. But like, they have been there. They've been the ones for forever, and you know, Jaffe. Jaffe. <laughs> okay. So. uh 
nice Santana love making sesh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, they wake up the next morning. They don't even wake up. She is sitting on top of the bed and Sing. she is strumming and like playing yes. his guitar, a beautiful song, beautiful voice. Yes. And he notices out the corner of his eye. Okay. There's somebody coming up from the left. So, so get this hand we're, cannon. we're mirroring. Yeah. We're mirroring El Mariachi. Literally the shot of them like coming up the steps in pursuit. Mm-hmm. Almost exactly the same. Okay. And the other thing I already, already draw drew, blah, I already drew one drive parallel, but dude, whether he wants to admit it or not, do you not get vibes from like the hotel scene in Drive when they blow Christina Hendricks's head off and they come in in slow mo, but like he sees them coming in through the blinds yeah. and the shadow and everything and the pacing of it? I'm like, I wonder if Reffin's a Rodriguez oh, fan. He just did. doesn't talk about it. No, I never hear him reference them, but I'm like, it, I think you saw Desperado at some point. Yeah. I think you did. But yeah, okay, so he sees them in shadow, doesn't want to interrupt her lovely singing, and you know, is bringing his hand cannon and his pistol um, to a point, essentially, where they are framed right in front of her face. This is one of my favorite sequences. That's why I used it for the logo for yeah. this episode. So cool. And boom, he she finishes the song, he kicks her off the bed, and... You know, gunfight ensues. He takes out the first couple guys. And I love, again, Antonio just like, come on, come on. Like, just rushing her yeah. to get all of her shit together. Let's get out of here. It's like Let's making go. her take the hand cannon. Um, Wait, I got to, like, she's putting her shoes on. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. She's got one red, one blue. Some some kind of symbolism there. Um, they go down the stairs. Boom. Bookstore is in flames. Yeah. Her whole livelihood even though nobody ever came to that place, but, you know, it's so a place. Back, they go back upstairs. So they're, they get no, to the- they're, as their corner right there, like, she is now pissed because she tries to run in, and he's like, no, 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 like, pulls her back away from the, the flames. The guy comes down There's the stairs. There's a guy at the stairwell, and she whips around with the hand cannon and blows this guy away, and you're immediately like, doesn't he shoot him again on the ground? Like just, he just shoots for good him, He shoots him as he's falling and clips him two more times on the stairwell as they pass him. It is hilarious. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, it is, again, super over the top and violent, but just like totally works for me. Um, yeah. And you get the, they, basically he they head up to the roof. Yeah. And they've got guys in the alleyway below. Um, he. They don't know she's there. They don't know they're on the roof. So yeah. She jumps over. He throws the guitar yeah. case over. They start firing, and then at this point, he's got guys coming up on the roof that he's already on. So he does a classic, just like turnabout, throw myself Max off. Payne yeah. <laughs> maneuver, throws himself backwards while shooting the two dudes. It's amazing, which alerts the people at the bottom. Yes, lands so, perfectly. So he, he rolls out of it. Back to the case. Two grenades. Two grenades in the hand, straight down. Walk away because cool guys and cool girls don't, don't look, at, look explosions. at explosions. And you get they blow shit up and then pro- walk away. Yes, probably the most iconic image from this. They've used it for a lot of the DVD box art because when I think of this movie, as much as again, it's desperado. Like in your head, you're thinking like, oh, the lone gunman. Like he's doing all this shit by himself. But it's like he's got her who's just as capable. She basically proves herself to be as much. And he has buddies that come and help him Which shortly we'll get to hereafter. And it's like, it is kind of a, like, you know, yeah. a family affair. And I like that she's like on equal footing and it sets up where we eventually go in Mexico, even though it's, it's again, the phantom movie that we never quite get. We only really get it in flashbacks. Yeah. But like, I want the two of them on the road together. But they escape to the rooftop. And finally they see Bucho shows up in his limousine. Because he's like, where, you know. Where the fuck are they? Where'd they go? Yeah. Because they, they hang out on that the, roof for a while. Like the, she at this point is like, he's trying to kill me. Like he obviously did this. Like he doesn't care about saving me. Like he'll kill me to get to you. He knows what's up. And we should mention like, okay, right after their sex scene, we boom cut to a very unsexy sex scene with Bucho and his girl on him. And he's like completely zoned out. Smoking a cigar. But this is one of my nothing. favorite moments because it's like one of the few things that's not spelled out for you, but you kind of realize he's mulling over in his head. He's like, she fucking lied to me. Yeah. Like, he's just like, it clicks for him, and that's when Be- he makes that decision. Because she was so, like, pervade, like, like, 
into what he was doing to get him out of there. He was like, they're in the bookstore, burn it. And yeah. so, um, but I love the connection of that. And like, we don't take the time to like spell it out for you. It's just boom. The next morning they're coming in and then the reveal of like, Oh shit, the bookstore is on fire. Yeah. Um, and so, so they hang out on the rooftop. Bucho shows up. He's got a clear shot. Yeah. He's got a, like an elongated pistol basically with yeah. a scope on it. Yeah. And, He's got plenty of time to take it, but as soon as he sees his face, he can't take the shot. Why? I we don't, we don't know, know yet. Don't know even yet. though like, he's there, shoot him. Even though you definitely like, should have watched this before yeah, you came to this. Definitely, please. But do we've definitely been you walking you through every moment of it, yeah, as so we we'll will do from time to time for uh, most of these movies. So, so he like basically kind of shrugs her off and all this, and he basically <clears throat> they go. What do they decide because? They basically go and they're, he's like, you can't, she's like, you can't take him on by yourself. He's yeah. like, I got a few friends I can call. So he makes the call to these two, but. And she actually, he's mentioned them before and she brings it up again and he's like, they destroy the city and he would still get away. So yeah. you're like, okay, well maybe these aren't the best friends, but then inevitably he does end up calling them. Yeah. He's like, how soon can you be in Santa this Lucia. town? Boom. They're there. Cut to, <laughs> they show up. We're on the outskirts of town, and... How do we... That's my only question. How do they know... All the bad guys know to come here? I don't... They don't make a phone call. They don't do anything. I guess... I don't know if they just see them driving around, but, like, basically, they all show up, and, like, the peop, the guys are rolling in. I think the idea is that they're on the outskirts of town, like, where they would have to drive in from their compound, because maybe they know where the compound is at this point. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. We we have to have a clandestine, essentially ghost town set up to have this big shootout, uh, where, again, it's kind of crazy. I, I love everything about this, but the staging of it's a little awkward in parts. Yeah. And some of that is, you know, L immediately goes for cover. And, like, has his case out, and he, like, goes in for the guns, all that sort of stuff. But Kampa and Kino are just, like, out in the middle of all this the whole like, time. No effort to, like, move into cover, other than, like, they hold their guitar cases in front of them for the first, like, you know, little wave of attack. And it's like, okay, well, I guess the cases would be bulletproof. That makes sense. That's kind of cool. My favorite is but the we, two of them, like, they're showing off what they can do, because he's just like, let's play. And so yeah. Kampa comes out with the two MAC-10s, mowing people down and stuff. And then here comes Kino with the rocket launcher. Yeah. We were so fascinated by just, yeah. and it's, he totally just, it's, it's like the leg gun in planet terror, which we'll get to where you just, you don't question it. It just, happens. it makes no sense that it should be able to fire the way it does. Yeah. Um, but he sells it with the sound effects and the physical act of them acting like they're reloading or changing mags. But literally all they're doing is like shift, shuffling their guitar cases or in the case of the rocket launcher, like tipping it back down and tipping it back up. And it's all sound effects, but you buy it. If you're not on board with the movie at this point, like if you're not losing your mind, getting to see fucking rock guitar cases that are rocket launchers. Yes. Like how cool is that? Yeah. Even today, dude, as I sit before you, a 27 year old man, um, I feel like a little kid watching that for the first the time where I was just like, that's that's so cool. And again, the staging doesn't matter that it's like they stand, they shoot, we cut to car kind of exploding from one side, even though the trajectory doesn't make any sense. But then when they do blow it up, like that looks pretty solid. Yeah. Like, and you get him doing like crazy acrobatic shit on the hood of cars, like stuff that I was always trying to emulate when we did yeah. movies where it's just like his legs twisted and crazy. Like he looks like fucking Spider-Man with two guns or Deadpool, if you will. Yeah. Like just, and then you get oh, like, it's... you get them both kind of like the two of them that are standing there just doing this. They're like pointing, like get that guy. Yeah. I can get that guy. Yeah. And like, you know, okay, I'll get it with the rocket launch. It's so Kino gets crazy. clipped first. Rocket goes straight up in the air, eventually comes down. And blows him up, but Takes you, him get, out. you get Carlos with his nice walkway. Because we should mention, if we haven't, uh, Campa is Carlos Garlotto, the original mariachi. He's back yeah. as a different mariachi. Um, but so you get him like walking away, and he grimaces when he hears the rocket hit the ground because he's like, eh, "That's my buddy." Yeah. But he's still fighting, covering and shooting, and just mowing people down. Looks like holding these, you know, these guitar cases, and eventually, do the crossfire. Little boy from earlier, a little is Nino. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately. So. L tells him to go cover cover himself because I got to get this kid, and he runs out of ammo and gets mowed down. And 
Yeah. Basically, Boom. Selma's, uh, there. Selma's there. Uh, she bursts out of the building. They get the kid in the truck. They take him to a hospital. They Appar- run over Pucho's guy. They run over yes, his head. His, his main guy who has been blown up in the car and slightly survived. So he gets a pretty crazy, brutal death. Yeah. Um. Again, all of this, like, just... Falls I think holds up is pretty, like, shock. Still pretty fucking violent. Oh, yeah. Um. Even by today's standards. Which was really surprising to me. Like, it plays more, way more like a Grindhouse movie than you necessarily remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think of, like, other movies of that mid-90s era that were, like, this level of... Last Boy Scout. Uh, maybe a little bit. Uh, when's True Last Romance. Man Standing? Is that... It's next. That's, it's 96. That's Walter Hill, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that being pretty violent as far yeah. as, like, gun violence but see stuff, that's the thing it's that last sequence is the only thing that's really 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 drawn out in that i don't think there's a ton yeah, of like violence true. up before then but okay so they get him to the hospital and it's essentially like a wait and see sort of thing and he sets off for bucho's compound it's yeah. like i'm gonna end this okay he gets there he's with carolina bucho's like oh shit it's my baby brother like this changes things, maybe. Yeah. It's like, I should kill you right now, but he's doesn't seem like he's necessarily going to. And then what it comes down to is, I gotta at least teach you another lesson. This is the, I can't take your hand again. So, uh, you know, somebody already did that for me. So I can take the new woman that you love and then we'll be square, basically. And the the whole time we've got him with his hands up, I'm just waiting for him. Like, come on, man. When, when are they coming out of the sleeves? When are they coming? Boom, straight into camera, and we don't see the aftermath of this. We do see him go down, and we see, we see people start to move and, and Yes, like take but position. it essentially like flashes to white, and then boom, we're back with him at the bedside of the kid. And, you know, through the conversation with Bucho and everything, there's a you know, it's not super heavy-handed with it, I feel like. And it's maybe not even necessary, the whole brother angle, but there is the aspect of, like, you know, we always knew that you, you know... I, we're going down a dark path we never knew it would come to this sort of thing and he's like oh you were father's favorite you were his little mariachi blah 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 obviously some resentment there but he throws it in his face that he's like yeah I became this but I you know I don't kill people intentionally that you know it's just people that get in the way and he's like well you still you buy people like you buy people's lives yeah. you tra- that's the sort of thing that you trade in until they don't they're no longer useful for you and Butcher throws it right back at him that it's like you you're no better than me at this point. Like in your pursuit of all of this, how many people have you killed that were all, you know, just trying to get by essentially just trying to make a living like you were at the beginning of all this. And it's not, it's not super heavy handed, but it is echoed right afterwards when the little speech that he gives to the boy is like, you know, I realize now every, every person I've killed is somebody's, you know, father, somebody's husband, somebody's brother. And, you know, what can you really justify? Yeah, he kind of like resigns himself. And and so you're like, he's going to maybe put it to bed. Maybe he's going to actually put a guitar in the guitar case, as Caroline has asked him to do earlier in the movie. But, uh, yeah, so we set out on the road. Oh, no, no, no. We got the dopest shit. So he's walking away. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, I can't. He's walking away. And he turns and he says, she's standing in the doorway. And he just says, Carolina. Did I thank you? And she says, no. And he just says, I will. And he walks. Echo, and we had it once before earlier in the movie, right after she patches him up for the first time and he pieces out to the church. Yeah. So they set it up there. It's a nice payoff. It's just, it's good screenwriting. Did you get him again at, like he was in the beginning, he's walking out of town, got his guitar case somewhere for a ride. Yeah. And she pulls up and she says, I want you to thank me right now. Yeah. And so he takes the guitar case and just chucks it and they head off. But then they back up and he's like... Just in case. Just in case. It's a so long ride to the next town. Exactly. And then they take off. And you've got the house that love built, which you'll probably hear in a little bit when we get done oh, with this you, episode. You definitely Blair will. In. Tito and Tarantula closing it out. And uh, I got to say, brother, it's it's early, but we already hit it. This is a five cowboy hats out of five, five for me. Five cowboy hats out of um, five. This is five everything. guitars, five guitar yeah. cases full of guns. This is everything I love in a in a Rodriguez movie. It Perfect. is it is fun. It's violent. It's over the top. It's got a dope soundtrack. This uh, you and I have talked about it off mic. This is a weird thing to like try and actually like communicate to people. 
I can't think of a better sunny afternoon movie yes. than Desperado. Almost all of it takes place during the day. Everything is just like perfectly sunbaked and orange and gorgeous. You even feel um, like the sex scene is taking place in the exactly, early morning because it's or all afternoon. Yeah, exactly. And just, yeah, man, it's just a certain vibe to it. Part of it's the nostalgia of like when we grew up watching it. Like I remember like, oh, it's a Friday. We're off school. Like, you know, it's a not, it's a gorgeous day. But all I want to do is go home and like watch an awesome movie and when you the, couldn't pick anything out before Netflix came along, you had nothing to do. Yeah. Desperado was always your go-to. Like, if I can't, I don't want, do I want to watch this? Oh, I can't find that. Oh, do I? Oh, yeah, okay. Never, I'm just going to put on Desperado. I don't be good. Um, it so, worked on every level. Yeah. And I, I made a point to watch it in the afternoon yesterday after spending a day at the beach. And it was it was perfect, dude. This is like just a great throw-it-on, hang-out-with-it sort of movie to me. It's not that you long. Don't ha- it's not that long. You don't have to like follow super closely the plot's pretty pretty simple yeah and it's but just effective. it's a fun time banderas like one of my favorite action protagonists i'm gonna i'm gonna put that forth i think he is so underrated as an actor and the mariachi as a character and part of it i feel like is because of where we eventually get to with once upon a time in mexico and we'll talk about we'll talk about expanding the franchise at the time but Doing it where I feel like most people going to that movie were expecting the Johnny Depp show. Mm-hmm. And it is the Johnny Depp show a little bit. Yeah. But a solid like 60% of it is also Antonio Banderas, this mariachi character that if you don't have two movies prior of investment in, maybe doesn't really work for you as mm-hmm. a movie. I, I really don't think it played that well. And I I think it did as well as it did because of... Depp's profile at the time is like right on the back of Pirates, but and I think it works as a good closing chapter. But I I feel like <laughs> the mariachi to me could could have gone like James Bond style. Like mm-hmm. I would still can if he wanted to do one of these like every couple years, I would watch it because I feel like the character is super compelling. You can like and. It harkens back to the westerns of like you just have him show up at a new town, yeah. introduce new characters. It's like every Clint Eastwood movie ever, exactly. Like where he's his characterizations are only slightly altered. Like, and maybe that's part of what the show gets into. So maybe. I'm really interested to explore the show. Um, I cannot wait to. We got to go through a lot of Spy Kids, yeah. But I cannot wait to get to Once Upon a Time in Mexico and wrap up the Mexico trilogy proper. But yeah, this is my first unequivocal five out of five. It's one of my favorite Rodriguez movies. Totally held up on this rewatch. Um, if you haven't seen it and us describing every single beat Detail, of the movie was not uh, satisfying enough, uh, it won't do, be do it go check it out. Uh, you, should, you should watch it I, I think as it stands, chronologically, where we are at this <laughs> stands. point. <laughs> I see what you did there. As it stands, chronologically, uh, this is my favorite. Yeah. So we'll see how... Uh, all from dusk till dawn stacks up when we uh, join you next week. And again, keep an eye out. We will do a bonus episode for Four Rooms at some point. It may be up by the time you're listening to this. It may not be, but but we'll do it. So we we figured do. we'd try and do about an hour and talk about uh, both the misbehavior segment and uh, I forget what Tarantino's segment is, but we figured we'd do both of those and just kind of shoot the shit. And we'll have that up as a, a special Patreon episode if you want to donate. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Until next week, for Rodriguez Revisited, I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Adios. Amigos. Carolina. Did I thank you? No. I will.